and one of my coaches named Alexi, shout out Alexi, um, she did a video recently on um, if a fire alarm's going off in your house and you're like laying in bed, the fire alarm wakes you up. Um, a lot of people are just walking over to the fire alarm and taking the batteries out rather than putting out the fire or seeing if there's a fire or evacuating the house. That is an amazing, people, yeah. that is an amazing metaphor. What is up, Cyber Studios Podcast? It's your host, Ben, here today. Today, I also have with me Max Karg, an entrepreneur. Um, I honestly will just let him introduce himself because he's here. Max, you want to say hi and just kind of talk a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. What's up, guys? Uh, I'm an entrepreneur, and I used to buy and sell cars. I did all sorts of ventures growing up, um, and now I do high-performance coaching, and I have a startup uh, working with students in high school and college. So that's a little bit about me. Cool, cool. And uh, you're from my home, well, maybe not from, but you're in my home state, Arizona. Um, yeah, currently. Yep, yep. Are you from Arizona or? No, uh, no, from Indiana. And then I just got out here maybe a week ago. Oh, really? Um, staying here for the next week and then headed over to SoCal, doing the digital nomad thing for a little while. That's pretty so. fun. So do you get to travel a lot then? Yeah, I would say so. I don't know exactly where I want a home base yet, um, just because I was up in Colorado for a little while, and I was always going down to uh, here, Phoenix, and then San Diego and LA um, for different events, conferences, masterminds, etc. cetera. Um, and so Colorado wasn't really serving me, plus I love the warmth and the sun. So I was like, I got to be either in LA, San Diego, or Phoenix as a home base, and then I could go from there. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Yeah, no, I feel you. I really want to end up in LA eventually, just like the networking and, you know, mm -hmm. the the warmth and, you know, having the beach right there would just be clutch. But For sure. Um, yeah. Do you, like, from traveling around, do you get to travel outside of the country a lot, or is it just kind of inside the country? And also, are these, like, business-related? Are these more personal-related? Yeah, business for sure. Um, all sorts of events, and um, usually I'll go somewhere with the intention of, like, going to some sort of personal development or networking event, and then also take some leisure time in that That's um, chunk of travel. Uh, have I gone out of the states too much? No, unfortunately not. I did go up to Canada, um, and I've gone to Hawaii, which is technically a state, but it's. <laughs> No, move. I know what you mean. Uh, but otherwise, it's it's just been stateside, unfortunately. I plan on doing um, some Europe stuff and Southeast Asia stuff in the future, um, but I'm waiting on going with someone. Um, so I've done way too much solo travel, and I've done a lot of like the self-exploration, and um, I've done all of that. And so now like one of my edges is actually – slowing down and waiting for the pack or waiting for others. Um, so I'm trying to lean into that edge right now. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, that's smart to travel with other people. I feel like going alone can kind of sometimes be a little sketchy, <laughs> but no. And uh, so tell us then a little bit about your business and even maybe some, a little bit about those like masterminds, kind of what you do, um, also, how you got started in them, because, I mean, it seems like you do a couple things. We were talking before this. You do a couple things other than your businesses, such as what you do with cars and whatnot. Um, would love to hear what you do. Kind of just give like a brief synopsis of each one and then how you got started in it. You know, was were you raised with a dad who was super into cars and he got you into that? Or was that just something where you like sold a car and you're like, wait a minute, I could flip cars? That for sure. But we can go into that later. <laughs> Sweet. Um, so for the business right now, um, I'm a certified high performance coach. And so basically that's just, um, taking, taking the level that you are in your health, your relationships, your business, whatever category, um, and doing whatever you can to optimize that. And so I'll be the person that prods you, um, in the direction of moving forward and up. Um, and then also pointing you towards tools and resources to up-level all of those areas. Um, 
And I think the cool thing about it is not, um, not going full steam ahead with the business and then letting your relationships and personal life and health and all of these things fall off. Um, but more a holistic method that when you raise one, um, it brings up the others, a rising tide lifts all ships. Um, and so just gaining that extra level of performance and optimization out of your entire life. Um, so I'm a coach for that. I do one-on-one small group. Um, and then with the startup, uh, I'm looking for something that's more scalable, um, maybe a little bit less interaction um, one-on-one, but I have a podcast called the Retired Teen Podcast. And um, the, the premise around that is basically in high school, people have three options mostly. Um, so there's either college for sure, not college for sure, or not sure. Um, so if someone wanted to go to college or knew that was their path, um, giving them the tools to learn the supplementary um, information, whatever is not taught, like how to maintain good health, taxes, um, all of these other things, EQ, um, stuff that's not being taught in college that definitely should be. Um, so teaching all of that, if someone, yeah, sorry, uh, if someone's not going to college, teaching them what they're kind of missing. And then if they want to take a gap year, kind of giving them the space um, and the guidance through that time. So a lot of people think, oh my gosh, I want to take a gap year. I want to travel. I want to explore. I want to do all of these things. Um, but they don't because there's no sort of permission or direction in that. If someone were to take a gap year, they're like, ah, what do I do? I have this entire year. Everyone else is out like starting their career or in college. And so I'm kind of at a loss. And so that third program or that third track um, would be in the direction of like continual self-growth and improvement, maybe just not in a college setting. So, so those three and providing a resource and a hub and, that's definitely what I'm putting a lot of energy and focus into right now. I love that because people need that. They do for sure. I think like I very deeply think that it's going to blow up Um, a lot, a lot, a lot of the people that I've talked to, even if they're pro college um, are still for it because they're like, man, I wish people got the information that they're missing out on. And uh, I wish that I kind of knew what else was out there before I started Um, and so I'm all for college. If someone's going there with the right intention, they know what they're getting out of it and they're not going, um, just because they're pressured to in a major that they hate setting themselves up for a future that they hate. Um, if they're going for the right reasons, great. I love it. But if not, there's something else out there and they should be able to explore that. So. No, I love that. I wish gap years were more normal. Like, I think that's one thing, too, is a lot of kids just go to college because that's that's like the normal thing. And I mm-hmm. also feel like um, for some kids, they should be going to community college first to save some money, to figure out what they right. want to do. But the normal thing, like community college is looked down upon. Like people, you know, it, it's like the the um, everyone will follow each other. Second and, tier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone's like, oh, you have to go to a university because that's like that's the cool thing. There's more parties and blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't know. It's, I wish that culture wasn't there. And I wish it was truly like, Hey, do what you need to do best to figure out what you need to do. Because right. I actually really wish I would have taken a gap year. Cause I came in as an industrial engineer from, for college. And like, I only did that because my dad and my sister were an industrial engineer. I was like, I had no idea. I was just like, whatever. Sure. And, um, I tell people it's kind of funny that semester that I was an industrial engineer, I got my best GPA ever here, like at school. Um, But I hated it. Absolutely Mm -hmm. hated it because I felt like I was like, I'm just going through the motions. I'm just doing what I need to do to get the good grades. I'm not doing what I need to do because I'm actually passionate about it. You're passionate about it. You're excited. You want to learn. You're like, I need to learn because I need to get a good grade because I need blah, blah, blah. And it just keeps going. Yep. Yep. It's so much easier to, you know, learn and be passionate about something if you actually care about it. And for me, it's just like a lot. I feel like a lot of kids go in and they're 18 years old. They're 
just out of high school, you know, high school leaves very little room, in my opinion, to figure out exactly what you want to do, unless you go to a school where, you know, they, they really push that a lot. But I know the school that I That's went to. That's super rare. Yeah, yeah, it is super duper rare. Like the school I went to, I thought it was a good, good school, but it didn't really let me explore what I was passionate about. So, dude, that is a genius business idea. Um, and I think that I, that's a great spot to, to get into because people, uh, first off, people will always need to help kind of figuring out what they want to do. And right. like you said, some of it's just permission. Like if you listen to any motivational speecher, sp- speecher, speaker, they're always like, I give you permission, which at the time you don't think of it, but it is kind of important. It is important for right. somebody to give you permission. Anyways, can, doubt. continue with uh, like any other kind of entrepreneurial ventures that you do. I know you said you were buying and selling cars, but um, and anything else you want to mention too? Yeah, so I used to do that and I kind of got my start um, making money and being able to fund all of this travel and all of these things uh, through buying, selling, working on detailing cars. Um, excuse me. Anyway, no <laughs> so in... Let's see. I would have been 14, uh, which is like the the state minimum age for working. I got a job at Dairy Queen fast food, uh, just doing like working at the counter, making blizzards and ice cream cones. And so I did that for like a year. And because I was so young, I didn't have anything to spend money on. So I just banked it. It was in, in my savings and it obviously wasn't much. It was just minimum wage. Um, but at one point my coworker was selling her car and I think it was a Monday or a Tuesday. It was early in the week. And she said, Oh, I'm getting like, we were just small talking as coworkers do, um, chatting away. And she was like, Oh, I'm getting this new car on Saturday, but I need to sell my car. Um, before then that way I can pay it off. And I was like, well, how much are you asking for the car? This seems kind of cool. And I, I think I just got my like driving permit, but I definitely was far from my license. Um, and so she said, well, it, it should go for the mid to high teens, but I'm asking like 1200 just cause I want to sell it so fast. And I was like, well, if it doesn't sell, like, let me know. Cause I have money for it. Um, I could theoretically buy it. I don't know. I can talk to my dad about it. And then that night I went home and asked my dad, and he's like, yeah, I, I tried flipping cars a little bit and it didn't work out. I definitely wouldn't do it. I was like, I don't care. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, so Friday rolls around, Thursday or Friday rolls around. We're working together again. And she's like, I still haven't sold the car. I take like a thousand bucks for it. So I ended up meeting with her after work because uh, we couldn't like do this car deal when we were both on the clock. And so. <laughs> I bought this car for 800 bucks after work and ended up selling it for 14 or 16 after like just detailing it. Um, and then cleaning wow. out, if you're familiar with cars, I cleaned out the throttle body. I'm not, um, <laughs> no idea what that means. <laughs> just for the listeners. Um, really, really basic minor stuff detailed and like very, very minor engine work. YouTube mechanic for sure. Like I had no idea what I was doing going into it. Uh, but I just looked up a YouTube. Well, I Googled what was going on with the car and it was like, clean out your throttle body. So I looked up a video on how to clean out the throttle body. Dude, that, was that I just want, that is awesome. Like that's one thing I always tell people, Google YouTube. <laughs> that is, you can learn anything on those. For sure. It's crazy. And it's so easy. Like, obviously we, we have our phones, um, but I was just working on my friend's uh, Honda Accord and the AC compressor was bad. So like it wasn't, um, wasn't blowing cold, cold AC. And so I just Googled 2008 Honda Accord AC um, and it came up with rather than needing to be charged or needing to be taken to a shop, sometimes it's just a fuse that blows. Like it blows every three or four years usually in those cars. And I wouldn't have known that without Googling it. So I checked the fuse, changed it, and we would have paid hundreds if we took it to a shop. And it was a $4 fuse. Oh, yeah. So just like super, super easy, simple stuff like that. Um, no. And you don't need to be mechanically inclined to be able to do that either. 
Dude, so. I I was uh, I was at my friend's the other day, and she was like, "Oh, like we can't load our dishes. Our dishwasher's broken." And I was like, "That's weird. Like, what do you mean?" And she's like, "Oh, it just like stop working one day, and we have somebody coming to fix it tomorrow." And I was like, "All right, well, let me just like get a get a crack at it." Look you at know? it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I literally just googled the the model, and I said like, "Won't run." And then there was a whole YouTube video of this dude just showing you like, oh, hey, it just needs, you just need to reset the motherboard. Here's how you do it. And then you just press this button and it should start working. Just did that probably like a two minute Google search, 30 second yeah. video. And it was finished. Like didn't have to pay anybody to come out and fix it. It was all fixed and ready to go. And I was just like, to me, that, that, that speaks like magnitudes in terms of now we don't you, I mean, it's you can, but like you don't have to immediately go and pay somebody to figure it out because really it just takes a good YouTube video to figure out how to do something like that. For sure. And there's room for specialists. And that's also something that's also a point that I try to make of like, you can figure it out literally all on your own, like what they're teaching you in college, the information's out there. But there's value in the professor and there's value in having it packaged the way that it is 100%. rather than trying to self-study. Um, so there's value in both for sure. But definitely, like, if money is your bottleneck and your limiting factor, like, there are free ways to do pretty much anything. Yeah, so. I would agree with that, actually, especially with what you said with the professors. Um, I actually got my first freelancing social media client through a professor of mine. So, um that network is incredible. The people you'll meet in college are incredible. Um, I definitely think that's a, a pro of college too. So it's all kind of perspective in how you look at it. And like you said, there are room for those specialists because um, at a certain point, it also saves you time. So if you're willing to spend the money to, you know, maybe you don't have the time to deep dive in Google or YouTube or, you know, whatever and figure it out. So you're just like, I'm going to pay somebody that'll save me time. That'll that way. I know that I'll get the result result eh, result right away. Yeah, that's definitely the point that I've been at recently, um, paying for that expedited uh, learning curve. It's so worth it once you once you start generating enough income and revenue, um, then time becomes your bottleneck and you're like, okay, how do I pay for the fast pass and how do I pay not to do something? Yeah. Um, but that's, that's like level two or three. So. For sure. Yeah, that's one thing actually with my marketing agency that we're struggling with right now because like... Um, lead generation is our number one thing that like basically keeps our business going, but we need to do it better, faster, more efficient, and also still have time to get, get results for our clients. So just trying to figure out how do we outsource and make it profitable in terms of we're paying them to, to, to lead gen for us. But then on the flip side, like we're still using our time efficiently so that we're we're you know generating the revenue that we want to generate so totally totally sure. connect with you but i kind of we kind of got sidetracked keep going with that car story because that's pretty nuts like so you were 14 you said at the time yeah 15 15 uh, so ended up buying the car sold it um and i was like wow this was like two or three months of working at dairy queen and i just made it in two weeks i should do this more and so <laughs> Then my next car, I lost a whole bunch of money on, um, but I learned in it. And we mm -hmm. were talking about this as well, um, like being in the game and actually learning through that experience rather than just, I don't know, on the sidelines. Can you talk and about so, that, that just like a little bit? Just because like I said, I want this podcast to be very based around like the, the failures too. So tell, tell us a little bit about sure. like how you failed, why you failed, but like how you learn from it instead of just giving up. Yeah, so my first car was a 99 Grand Prix, uh, Pontiac Grand Prix, like huge market for it because that's like the quintessential cheap first car at the time. Um, my second car was a 1980 Porsche 928. Oh. Um, wow. Which you're like, oh, it's a Porsche, it's a Porsche, whatever. Uh, and yes, but at the same time, it was horrible. Really? Like it was by far the cheapest, one of the cheapest probably in the States. There's not a huge, uh, huge market for it because either people want a really clean, pristine one or they just don't want it because it's too much of a headache. And so I ended up buying this one with like the exterior part of it had been repainted. It was all black. 
Um, the interior was like torn apart. The dash was cracked. The seats were cracked. Um, had electrical problems and an oil leak and like all sorts of stuff. And on those cars, they're more tough to work on. Um, so I ended up replacing the seats with racing seats and a racing steering wheel, which is what I thought was really cool as a 15 year old, um, not thinking what the market would be wanting or what Mm. the market would be demanding. And so it was like, how many people want to buy a really rough, 80s Porsche that needs quite a bit of like mechanical and electrical work uh, with expensive racing seats that also looks like crap in Indiana, like in the Midwest where oh. there's not too much racing. Yeah, I didn't think about that either. And so there was no market for it. Fortunately, I bought in the winter and sold it in the summer. So that like that little bit of upside helped, but I lost like crazy on that. Um, ended up trading for basically it's a Saturn aura, but it was basically like a Pontiac G six, um, lost. I don't, I don't remember exactly how much, a couple thousand, which was huge at the time. Wow. And I was like, okay, now I know what not to do. And that's carried through to this day. Like I have all sorts of different vehicles or I've had. And the car enthusiast in me has wanted to modify them. Um, but I know that that doesn't um, provide a return on resale generally. And so I restrained learning that lesson with car number two. Um, it's carried through till, till now. That's and I just amazing. had a 911 a couple days ago, which is cool as you, well. That kind of came full circle. Wait, you what? I bought a Porsche 911. Um, oh, really? A couple days ago. Yo, yeah. that's sick. That the congrats. <laughs> yeah, black on black. Uh and that was that was incredible. So That's nuts. And I love how you said um you didn't look at the market because that's something that I feel like a lot of people overlook and that's something that I've tried to get a little bit more into is like market research. And it's I mean it's as easy as just going into a, a forum. Like my favorite thing is going on Reddit and going and trying to find a forum Reddit or Reddit forum. That, that re- yeah. yeah, that relates to, I mean, in your case, it would have been cars and you could have looked up like Porsche enthusiasts, saw what they were actually interested in stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's so cool. That's so cool. And so I guess my so, next. Anyway, oh, it was yeah. a roller coaster. Yeah, I'll keep I'll keep going on this. Um, it was a roller coaster for like the first few. And then I finally understood what I was doing. Um and started doing that more but in most states indiana um included there's a certain number of cars that you can have per year and so um you're capped out until you have a dealership or a dealer's license then it would be unlimited um so then i was like okay how can i transfer my skills and my knowledge of working on these cars to um to just like detailing and doing light mechanic work like i talked about with the ac compressor um, replacing that $4 fuse would have saved someone two or 300, maybe, yeah, maybe even a thousand had they gone to a mechanic that like wanted to screw them over. Mm. Um, so even if I charged 50 to a hundred dollars for replacing that fuse, I wouldn't feel bad because that's like, they would have to pay two, 300 to a thousand. So you're still saving the money, but you're still doing work for them and getting money, just not exactly. as much. Oh, okay. I like that. And so and I was doing still mechanic 15. work like that and then detailing, uh, like 16 and 17 16. by then. That's uh, still incredible. Like, yeah, I mean, for sure. <laughs> and then Can't say the I've same for myself. Of, sorry? Can't say the same for myself. I was not fixing cars for 50, 50 to 100 bucks a piece, you know. Anyways, what were you saying? Sorry. <laughs> um. I had done all sorts of other entrepreneurial ventures growing up. Like when we had fundraisers at school, um, I tried my hardest to sell the most like candy bars and ice cream and uh, cookie dough, like door to door sales. Um, so I did that and then I would pick berries from our tree and like sell them at the farmer's market. So there was a long progression up to that. It wasn't just success in selling, flipping, um, detailing, et cetera, cars. Um, so there was, there was a lot that led into that as well. I love that. And did you, um, 
like, do you come from an entrepreneurial family or was it just kind of something you were like, oh, I can do this? Yeah, it was more so that um, both of my parents have traditional jobs. My dad has worked in the same place for like 40 years. And so definitely not uh, super entrepreneurial. They were both supportive of it, um, but I wouldn't say that they took on too many ventures themselves. But yeah, it really hit when I got that first car and saw, okay, I'm 15. I just made like $800 or $600 in a couple weeks instead of a couple months. So why can't I keep doing this? Like there's more to this than maybe I'm seeing right now. Um, and so then I just got into the entrepreneurship wormhole and have been stuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stuck no. I love it. I feel that too. It's uh, I like to call it the blood in the water effect. Like, you know, you're the shark and like that little drop of water that as soon as you make like your first sale or your first that's little crazy, you're like, holy shit. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I have to keep, you know, that's how it was when, with my clothing company. Cause what happened was my buddy started it and then I hopped in and like took some ownership of it and started using kind of my strategies to start making the, the, company money and i still remember i the first sale that i ever generated through my growth strategies was like uh like ten dollar fanny pack that we were selling okay. um, and at the time like the profit margin that we made on it was like six dollars or something like that you know but at the time i was looking at it and i was like holy shit like I just made money Six from, bucks. yeah, yes. like, like, you know, at the time you're like weird, but at the same time, it's like, I just made money selling stuff on the internet. I was like, if I could do that, like, what else can I do? Like, what else is, is possible? And I feel like, um, you know, just getting over that, you know, that threshold of, oh my goodness, you know, I've been working minimum wage my whole life, but I just made $800 from this car that I bought, you know, um, that is just a huge, huge step forward into that like okay there is more than just working minimum wage or working a nine-to-five for sure i love that i love that so kind of talk well one thing i did want to talk about um i forgot to write it down but i still remember it uh when with your like i really like what you said let's go back to like the businesses that you're working on right now um i really like what you said about uh relationships uh you know you were talking about like when you're building your business also you need to be keeping in mind like the relationships and your health and stuff like that and this is actually almost a little bit more of a personal question for me because that's definitely something i struggle with a little bit too is just um you know i'm so caught up in my business stuff that i forget i'm like okay i have friends that i need to be like going out with every once in a while or i have people that you know I'm, all my friends are like uh my favorite one is uh so i'm in a fraternity and uh, my fraternity brothers like to joke that like I'm, I'm building a pyramid scheme is what they say. Okay. And so my favorite thing ever is every once in a while when I'm just like huddled up in my room on a Friday night working, um, one of my fraternity brothers will text me, break up with your pyramid scheme on board. And I just think that's really <laughs> funny. Like, I, I don't know, I thought that was so funny. But I mean, the premise behind it is like, you know, they're always going out, having a good time. And on some level, I do want to do that. But on another level, I'm like, I know I need to be working like where I want to get to. I do need that kind of like that space to, um, you know, tell myself, like, I, I can't go out. I need to be working. You know, if I'm if I'm running a podcast, and a marketing agency, and I'm also like uploading to a YouTube channel, there has to be like some things I give up. So how would you like what, you know, if you could like give some tips on things where I'm sure other people, you know, they're probably somebody listening to this podcast who goes to school and takes a lot of credits and they don't get to go and hang out with their friends a lot and they suffer because of it a little bit. Like how, what mm -hmm. would you recommend for them too? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I have a couple points on this. Number one, it's like, what are you committed to? And so for you, it's the business and it's the podcast. If it comes, eh, if it comes down to it on a Friday night and option A is going out with your frat bros and option B is working on the pyramid scheme of the podcast, <laughs> then what are you committed to? Like what end result do you truly want to see and what action do you need to take to get there? And that's exactly what you talked about. Um, but if, if there's not alignment in what you're committed to and the actions that you're taking, you'll feel just off and you may know exactly where that's coming from, or you may not. Um, but either way, 
just figuring out, okay, this is what I want. This is what adds value to me. Um, for example, I used to, and I still have friends like just recently, a couple of weeks ago, um, I was at my friend's lake house for the summer and they all love staying up late, like midnight, 2 AM, whatever. That's the normal. Um, and I hate nighttime, like after nine really? o'clock after the sun sets, basically, I don't know what it is about me. I just like, I'm over it. I'm tired. I'm over the day. My mental game gets like shifted and weird. Like anyway, I don't like staying up late. No, for and sure. So That's okay. I just say, okay, I'm done. Like, I don't care how awkward and awful it is, um, that I'm going to bed at like nine o'clock on a Friday night and everyone else is like out having a blast. Um, I don't like staying up late. And so then I'll get up, um, work on the podcast or like creating content for the courses or whatever it may be. Um, and it's like, this truly adds so much more value to me, um, than whatever I would be doing in the later hours of the night, like no matter what, just because this is where I am, this is where I feel in alignment. Um, and so I want to do those things no matter what other external pressures are on. So I would say that's point number one. Um, number two, and this is something that I've also had to lean in at the same time. Um, like I skipped a grade in middle school and I did a lot of solo travel um, growing up. And so I've always done like a lot of by myself stuff and not with the pack and go at my own rate of speed. And so one of my edges uh, and something that's been tough for me is sacrificing to some degree um, the, the rate at which I can perform and move and do um, to go with others. And we were talking about this as well before the podcast. Um, but let's say you're the, the super achiever taking 18 or 21 credit hours and working a full-time job at university and like getting a great GPA. If you're that person um, and you've let your social life slack, um, A, realize that there's value in that network and those relationships and that social life. Um, and B, also like for you and you'll know who you are. If I'm like, if I'm reaching your ears and this is resonating, you'll know who you are. Um, but like, if that's your edge and school comes easy and work comes easy and doing all of those things comes easy, then you pushing yourself is hanging out with others mm. and like engaging with that and hanging out with people because that's what's foreign to you. That's what's hard for you. And so that's like you achieving that next level. I love that. That's actually really great. And you have, you're right. I always tell people, um, it's not necessarily always about what, you know, obviously what you know is important, but a big chunk of it is who, you know, as well. Like I have a mm -hmm. buddy who, um, is doing an internship with Hearst, which is like, they own like cosmopolitan and a bunch of big magazines and stuff like that. Um, we were on the phone yesterday, just chatting it up. I was helping him some, with some like social media stuff. And he was like, Oh yeah, the way I got this internship, because he's not even like, a that that inter he's he's doing photography for them but his major is kinesiology he just has a really good portfolio um he, the way he got uh into that that internship was because of an advisor that he networked with because of like uh, a student organization that he joined it was it's called trend magazine it's like here on on campus um the advisor for that was the one who got him that, into that position yeah. or that role yeah mm -hmm. that's awesome and so networking is super important i totally i like i agree with that 100 percent. my i had kind of a something to almost ask you about kind of add to that so um you know with going and doing kind of those social things um how do you change almost the mindset of it because so for me even if i get all my work done i do have some free time to to go and hang out with people, you know, sit back, have a beer or whatnot. The hard part for me is, you know, at some point there'll be a time where I sit there and I'm like, I could be getting more work done, you know? Cause like, I mean, you yeah. probably know as an entrepreneur, like there's always something extra 100%. I could be doing. Is it necessary? No, but I mean, I could be reading a book. I could be, mm -hmm. um, 
reaching out to more people for my, for my podcast. I could be, you know what I'm saying? So how do you, you know, first off, is that because on some degrees, I don't think that's healthy for me because I almost don't let myself have fun. <laughs> like it's, it's really bad. And I'm sure other people relate to this too. Like anybody who I guess is pursuing something greater would maybe have that same, like, oh, I could be doing something else kind of, kind of aspect. Um, I just, I don't know. I kind of just want to hear your thoughts on stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. And I've, I've struggled with the same as well. Like going back to the lake house thing, I'll be on the boat and we'll just like be enjoying the summer surfing on the boat, whatever. And I'll be like, Oh, I should be like on my computer right now. And I'm like, wait, what? This is like real life. So, um, I would say the couple things are like way out in the long term. What are you working for? Like your business is working to generate money so that you have freedom and lifestyle and you can spend time with people Mm -hmm. maybe. So you have that right now in that now moment of like sitting with, with your friends, your colleagues. Um, And so it's like, you just got the ultimate shortcut to the end that you're trying to pursue quite possibly. Um, So that's number one. Um, Number two is setting clear like borders and timelines of when I'm working on um, like when I'm working on the business, not being on social media, being quote unquote social um, for someone with an SMMA. Um, it's obviously different because those two are intertwined, but like for me, if I was writing content, not checking on Instagram and being like, Oh, I got to like, see what these people are up to. Not only is that a distraction, but that's also not like really being social. Um, so saying, okay, clear border here, this is when I work and I'm going to allow myself two, three hours, whatever it is, um, that I hang out with my friends and just like be fully present and immersed in that, um, in the same manner and in the same way. And so those are two things. And then number three is just kind of a reality check of, do I like what I'm doing and do I like the people that I'm doing it with? Um, like, am I, and I don't have an answer for you. This is just something to ask yourself. For sure. Um, but let's say you're in the fraternity with your frat bros and like the thing that you, the thing that you guys do is go and drink um, on a Friday night. And it's like, okay, am I doing this out of choice? Um, Because I like these people and I like to go out and have a beer with them on Friday. Perfectly fine. Or am I doing this because I'm in a frat and because they want this of me? Um, And it's not so much a conscious choice. Um, or it's something that you're pressured into, um, in which case that's completely fine too. And maybe check out a different friend group, uh, migrate to a different uh, surrounding. So I guess those are my three answers to that, to that question. No, man, I love that. I, you know, it's funny. I feel like at this point, the podcast has been more for me than, I mean, everything, (laughs) everything applies to the audience. Like everything applies to anybody, but these are definitely questions that like I struggle with. And it's hard because, um, you know, every once in a while, my friends will be like, Oh, like you have your shit together. Like you have it figured out. And I don't like, I don't have anything figured out. Like my day to day is so wild. And there's always so many problems I run into that, like, I never want anybody, I always tell people that too, I'm always, I don't want anybody to figure out, like, feel like, oh, I have my shit figured out, because I don't, like, and what I do changes day to day, week to week, um, mm-hmm. but I kind of like it like that, um, but I do have areas of improvement where, you know, I do, and, and I really like that third point, is like, are you actually enjoying it, or do you feel like you're just pressured into doing those things, because for me personally, like, I actually really, so I'm 21, um, I hate going to the bars. Like, hey, I don't know why. Like, I think it's dumb that we would go to the bars and spend more money than if we could just do the same thing at my apartment and save money. You know, for me, that's just, like, so hard. But I do enjoy, like, the other day um, I went to – it was, like, Saturday. I went to uh, someone's apartment. They just had, like, a little mini pool outside, like, one of those, like, inflatable ones. And they just had water in it. Everyone had their feet in it. And they were just sitting around having a couple beers and, like, just talking. And to me, that is more enjoyable than, like, 
going to a bar, the music's super loud, you can barely hear the person next to you. So I, I love that a lot. That was some dope advice. Really dope Thank advice. You. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just like on that Friday night, say, hey, no, I'm going to pass. Sorry. I don't want to go to the bars with you guys. This doesn't, you don't need to use this terminology because they'll be like, what? But <laughs> this doesn't resonate. This doesn't align with me and like my values, who I am. Um, but then on that Saturday, like, if that brings you value and enjoyment and like that connection with your feet in the water and throwing back a couple of beers with your friends, like it's quiet, it's out in nature, like the sun is shining, you're, you're loving it. Great. Like do that. So for sure. No. And also too, like, I feel like there's a kind of a culture around college where people go to drink to forget rather than drink to celebrate. I don't know. I'm more of a drink to celebrate kind of guy in my opinion, at least like that's how it should be. Um, I think it's very unhealthy if you're drinking to avoid something or to like mask something. It should be more like you're 100%. drinking. Yeah. Yeah. So just to clarify, I don't drink at all. Really? Um, yeah. Just, That's healthy. <laughs> it doesn't serve me. It doesn't, it does not value. I don't like it and I'm fine with being the weird one and the fact that I don't drink. Um, so there's that, but yeah, definitely. And that's a huge part of the message of retired team um, that I'm trying to push of like a learning those healthy coping mechanisms and tools um, and B getting to a place where you can use those, etc. cetera. Um, I just lost it completely. No, no oh, worries. Um, but yeah, like I have a lot of issues with college. It's not just like the expense ratio to how much you're learning. Um, but there are so, so many issues I have with college. And one of those is, um, like going out and binge drinking and doing yeah. all of these things. Um, I can't stand it. No, I, I think it's, uh, it's hard because there's nobody really to guide you because mm. everybody does it differently and has a philo different philosophy where it's like, cause I, I think, you know, if you're going to go to college, you should kind of, for me, like when I started, um, in high school, I never drank or anything like that. Um, and then when I came here, I kind of had like an outlet for it. And it was good because I surrounded myself with people who gave me like a healthy start to it is the, is the thing. And so um, I've been really appreciative of that because so I mean, people I went to high school with have gone overboard, you know, and yeah. that's a very common thing is for people to go overboard. So I would actually like to ask you because, um, you know, it, I feel like it kind of came up, but I'd love to hear your opinion. And we're. We're at about 42 minutes right now. You said you have. Okay, okay cool. Because I think this is one of the longer podcasts, honestly. Yeah, um, and this We're is a really great conversation. So it's good. I do want to talk to you a little bit about um, kind of your thoughts about, because you talked about like, um, you know, you agree with the, you know, uh, like masking your, you know, go, going to your, going to like alcohol or drugs or something like that when you do have a problem. I'd love to hear a little bit about kind of your thoughts on like anxiety and depression and kind of that that space because um i feel like that's something that people talk about a lot um and people try to put and make important but i don't necessarily agree with going to substances to deal with those things and i'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on that and like what you think kind of the the solution or not solution necessarily, but how yeah, to cope with sure. those things. Definitely. So, um, I'm super into this. <laughs> Me this too. One of, my, one of my areas that I absolutely love, uh, studying. I've paid a lot of money and done a lot of intensive work over like short weekends and then also long-term. Um, so, I don't even know where to start. Like, number one, there shouldn't be a stigma around getting a therapist um, or like yes. mental health problems. That's number one. Like, don't think that you're inherently flawed or bad or anything. Um, if that's the case, like if you're suffering. Um, number two, I have a podcast on this as well. Um, and I'll just do like a quick, uh, what's it called? Kind of like metaphor. Um, but if you're in like in the hardware store and you have no idea where anything is, but you know, like I need this bolt, um, does it serve you to walk down every single aisle and like try to find this bolt 
or does it serve you just to ask someone and say, hey, do you know where these bolts are? Oh yeah, it's uh, aisle 15A on the bottom shelf. Oh, perfect. Same is true with everything, including mental health and like any of that. So the, um, the instinctive nature in all of us is to like shy away um, when stuff comes up rather than reaching out and getting supported when that's the time that you should be more um, or most and like training yourself kind of to when you start slipping into whatever um, to like quickly pull yourself, pull yourself back out. Um, If you're really in it though, um, definitely doing intensive work. And so this is a little bit longer uh, and this is another gripe that I have with college um, and just all of education because no one's trained um, generally like our mass education system definitely doesn't train for this um, on how to deal with stuff. And so we're taught by our parents um, and less so even taught, but just more subconsciously programmed um, to do whatever their coping mechanisms are. So we see that, and even though we may not choose that for ourselves, like that's the behavior that we learn through our entirety of life growing up. Like, however they deal with stuff, chances are we do, or we do the exact opposite. So let's say we have a super like hyper aggressive dad that just like goes on these crazy outbursts. Um, Likely you'll do the same. Um, And that's how you deal with stuff like punching a hole in the wall and like bottling, 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 releasing um, and just like completely blowing up or doing the flip side of like being super muted, not releasing anything ever because that is the furthest thing away you want to be. How do I rephrase that? Um, Like that being your father and his actions, you want to be the furthest away from that as possible. So you're like the exact opposite. Um, so anyway, there's that, um, and we learn all of these tools or ways of coping, um, through, through our parents subconsciously programmed. And then, um, we get to college and the culture is binge drinking, drugs, partying to escape. Um, like we were talking about not celebrating, but as escapism, um, like taking Adderall, Vivans, et cetera, to focus better in class or on your homework or all of these things. Um, and then like really meaningless dull sex uh, as a form of escape as well, or like trophy pieces, especially for guys. Yeah. Uh, and so like that's, that's what's being pushed. That agenda or that way of being Um is being pushed by college. And that's to me, not healthy. I don't, I don't vibe with it at all. Um, and I don't think it serves me at my, like at my core, at my deepest. Um, but no one knows any better and you can't even really blame someone, um, because they don't know better. Um, and so the game is, or the trick is getting the tools. Um, and I, I did a podcast on this as well. Um, if you're digging, like you're born with your body. And so you can dig a hole in the dirt with your fingers. Uh, and you could maybe get like one of those little toy shovels, those little plastic ones, or you could get a full size, big metal one. And like, those are a lot better, but the best thing is if you like really commit and you really bunker down because this will serve you for the rest of your life to get like, uh, like a jackhammer or like a backhoe or like some huge piece of equipment that can really go in um, and dig that stuff up and like help you. Cause it's, it's so much better than like just trying to dig with your finger or with a shovel and will it work all the time? No, like the backhoe will run out of gas or the jackhammer will break down. But 95% of the time you're going to have that. And worst case you go back to the shovel versus like trying to pry with your finger and getting nowhere. Um, And so that's kind of where it is, where I am, where I stand with mental health. I'm far from a therapist, um, so I can't speak to that level. 
Um, but I know that like getting help is definitely the move and it's super cool. And that's something that I'm trying to make cool, um, as well. And you're not alone in it also, like it comes up for everyone. Um, maybe it's not like this long-term battle for everyone, but everyone's felt that at some point. And so I'm trying to think of what else I can say at that point, but. Sorry, you kind of you kind of froze there. What did you say? Oh, uh, I'm trying to think of anything else I can say to that point. Um, yeah, I don't what, know that that there's too much. What about like in terms of um, so like this is this is a cool question or this is a cool like thing to talk about because it kind of applies to me. I definitely get anxious sometimes, but I've never thought about um, getting on medication or anything like that. And when I'm anxious, I like to really like sit in it and figure out why I'm feeling anxious. Um, because I definitely think like the reason I get anxious is just because like I'm not where I want to be yet, you know, or like I'm not doing the thing that I need to be doing at the time. And the best way to, to get over that is just to like actually do the thing that's making me anxious. Um, now, obviously, that doesn't apply to everything because it can apply to like I know people like get anxious or depressed from like relationships or from, um, you know, just things that they can't control. Do you have like kind of what's your thoughts on that in terms of? You know, obviously getting a therapist, I totally agree with you. I think that's a huge thing that like people are like, oh, that's so I don't want to do that because then I it's then taboo. Yeah. there's a problem with me. And like that's so dumb because I, I truly believe everybody feels like anxiety or some sort of depression at some point in their life. Um, but it's all about like how equipped, you know, what kind of tools they have to deal mm-hmm. with it. Um, and I definitely think that like me personally, I just have tools that I, you know, I don't think I have a jackhammer by any means, but I do have tools to deal with it that I, that I feel are sufficient for me. Um, mm-hmm. But not everybody is like that. Not everybody has those tools. Yeah. So I would say for like the anxiety thing, um, one of my other gripes is like big pharma, uh, big pharmacy in the U.S. and like how quickly, rapidly uh, we prescribe medication to solve problems and like that quick fix. Um and one of my coaches named Alexi, shout out Alexi, um, she did a video recently on um, if a fire alarm's going off in your house and you're like laying in bed, the fire alarm wakes you up. Um, a lot of people are just walking over to the fire alarm and taking the batteries out rather than putting out the fire or seeing if there's a fire or evacuating the house. That is an amazing yeah that is an amazing metaphor keep going sorry oh i love it yeah she's the best Ooh, she is the best uh (laughs) anyway so yeah so many people are just walking over and just pushing the silent button on that anxiety depression whatever alarm is going off rather than taking it as the alarm of okay you're not in alignment you're not doing those things so yes on one hand like that creeps up and whatever. Um, Let's go with the anxiety example. Um, In one instance, like you're doing something completely off that isn't serving you, like watching Netflix, let's say. Um, You're watching Netflix and you're like, oh crap, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm like kind of anxious because I have this, 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 this. but there's Netflix right here and it's like that instant gratification. Um, so that anxiety is just like saying, Hey, tap on the shoulder. You should like get back onto whatever is bringing you joy. Um, and if Netflix is truly bringing you joy, um, great. Like watch that show. Um, but if you have other stuff to be doing, then that's, I would say like a blessing in the fact that it's a reminder. Um, now if it's impeding in everything that you do, Excuse me. No, uh, no worries. But say to check out different forms of coping or tools. So meditation um, and just like a lot of Eastern, um, more Eastern practices of like really grounding, being present. Um, I have a bracelet. Let's see. Uh, obviously, people listening can't hear this, um, but I have a whole bunch of bracelets and this is talking about the tool set. Um I got them all custom and they say different things. I love Um, that. But one of them is all needs met. And I got that from uh, another one of my coaches, Preston. 
Um, anyway, so I just have a bracelet that I wear whenever like I'm feeling anxious that day. Um, it says all needs met. So if I look at it and I'm like freaking out, oh my gosh, I had this, 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 <sighs> wait, all my needs are met. Like I have air in this now moment. I have enough food. Like even if I was in the desert about to die in that now moment, all of my needs are met. Um, and so just like recentering, grounding, reframing back to that, um, and saying like, okay, I am enough. I've, I have all of my needs met, um, or whatever that may be for you, like whatever you cling on to the most. Um, so I would say those, those are two answers to that question. I, I love that. And especially with meditation, I, uh, I, you know, they offered a $10 pack for headspace for a whole year, like just $10 mm-hmm. for the whole year, um, through headspace. And I think that is probably the best investment I've ever made. Like ever made. it's so, I, it just, it's, it's first off you're taking time whenever you meditate, you're taking time out of the day to take care of yourself, which goes a huge way. And I think it's a better way of taking care of yourself than going watching Netflix and going and, you know, like people's traditional, like take care of yourself because it's not the meditation is like taking care of your mind and your body and kind of learning something for that. Whereas, you know, if you go like, I don't know, like go get your nails done or something like that, that's more, that's, that's not inside. That's kind of the outside. So that's the same. I would say like the same metaphor of, uh, the finger, the shovel and the jackhammer. It's like doing nothing would be the finger, like just trying to be a little bit better, feel a little bit better. And then Netflix may be that, shovel and it like it helps you feel a little bit better um or getting your nails done or whatever it may be and then like meditation is the jackhammer it's like going it's the best um and so anyway yeah and like too with the um you know i think the one thing i that a lot of people get caught up in is and this is something that headspace talks about a lot is like when you're anxious you start getting anxious about being anxious Mm. and then it just builds on itself And I think that's almost like, you know, if you're digging the hole with your finger and you're not seeing a lot of progress, then you're now you're getting anxious about using your finger, you know, like I need to do this faster. I need to. Yeah. 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 And I think that's just so big because um, especially now, I think it's just given me almost the 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 tool of being able to take a step back, being like, okay, I'm anxious right now. I can't be letting myself get more anxious. I need to figure out why I'm anxious and, you know, attack it with the tools that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's incredible, dude. I could talk about this all day long because I think it's something like you said, medication is just, in my opinion, it's a short term solution to a long term problem. You know, for sure. The fire alarm, you can press that silent button, but if there's a fire right next to you, like it's gonna, it's gonna get you eventually. It's gonna keep going. Yeah. Until you put out the fire. And I think that's a lot of inner work. That's a lot of, um, stuff that I've really delved into, um, because that was the training that I needed a lot more than college at the time. Um, so love that. I, Oh, this has been a phenomenal podcast, but (laughs) I wrap it up. It's been about 58 minutes. So, and I want to get those two questions in. Um, I told you already, like I, initially I told you, like, I wanted you to give advice for entrepreneurs and you can still do that. Um, but I would also kind of like you to give advice for, just kind of the average person, if they're, if they're going through something, like what, what's something you recommend they would do? So entrepreneurial advice, um, average person, just, you know, maybe experiencing anxiety, maybe not where they, where they're at it, or where they want to be in life. Um, don't know what they're doing. Give some advice on that. And then also you have that question. So this is kind of a question for the audience that you have. It could be market research. It could be what's your favorite piece of pizza, really anything that you want. Mm-hmm. So advice for entrepreneurs is, and this is for both, uh, actually entrepreneurs and not get support, uh, get a coach, get a mentor. That was the thing that absolutely changed the game for me. Um, I was playing on what I thought was a high level, um, before getting my coach and, um, like things were going well and I was doing way better than anyone in my small hometown, like phenomenal for someone at 19 
um, and absolutely incredible. And then this person that's multiple leagues above me or ahead of me um, that I hired as a coach was like, Hey, you have all of these weak spots. You have all of these blind spots and not in a harsh way by any means, but in a let's like up level you like, let's go to what you can't even fathom yet. Um, so I would say that get a business coach um, and don't be afraid to get support in that regard. Um, that's like my, it's not even a quick, cheap, easy fix because it's expensive, uh, yeah, it is expensive. and <laughs> it ex- expedites your curve. Um, but like, if I really want to bunker down with my health um, and like get a better body or reclaim my health, like I'm going to get a health coach. Um, just because I know that they work wonders, that's their specialty, that's their niche. Um, and they can bring results in three months that would take me a year if I even stuck with it, which I wouldn't probably had I not hired the coach, yeah. like being completely honest. Um, so I would say that for business, um, along the same lines, getting support through whatever you're dealing with um, and taking taking the time for yourself, giving yourself the space um, to do that, even if others don't understand like what you're going through. And it may not seem like anyone else understands what you're going through, um, but taking a course maybe, um, looking at YouTube videos, getting a book, getting a therapist, all of these things to increase your tool set so that you go from that finger to the shovel, to the backhoe, to, to the jackhammer, whatever that may be. Um, because your mental game, like your inner world creates your outer reality. Um, and I like that. Your like your mental game is something that's going to stick with you for your entire life. And so whatever investment that may be in terms of time or in terms of financial um like money that you put towards it is so worth it because like it's seriously all up here and it's forever. Like as long as you're here, you're going to have to be playing the mental game as well. Um, So it's not like, okay, well next month I'm going to get over this and I will never have to worry about it again. No, that's, I wish that's how it worked, but (sighs) it's not. And so (laughs) learning about it um, and being like, Oh, Hey, there you are again. Like now I know how to deal with you versus I didn't used to. Um, So I would say that. And then my, my final question uh, for the audience is how do you find, how do you define retirement? Uh, and what would you do if you were retired? So that is my question. Interesting. And I, that I'm guessing that plays into kind of your retired teen podcast. Exactly. I um, love that. Yeah. I, I just think it's interesting. Like what would someone do if they were retired past the, the two or three weeks? And this is the whole premise of retired teen. Uh, not really to plug it, but, subtle plug here (laughs) what would you do if you were retired uh past the two or three weeks that you spend like sipping margaritas or playing golf or laying on the beach or like whatever those things are past that what would you do if you were retired and how do you reverse engineer a life so that you're doing that now or through your entire life rather than just when you're 65 and sore um so how do you define retirement and what what would you be doing if you were retired right now? I love that. I love, I have to listen to your podcast, man. And please give plugs right now. Like anything you want people to go check out Instagram, uh, YouTube podcast, leave it right here. Just cause you know, especially after today's conversation, if somebody got through this, they're definitely gonna be interested in checking For everything sure. that you have yeah. out. Um, so at max C Carg, um, on Instagram, you can reach out, feel free uh, to hit me up with whatever. Um, and then retiredteen.org. Um, the site is currently down, depending on when you're listening to this, the site will hopefully be up, but it may be down. Um, and so that's the whole retired teen thing, retired teen podcast on every platform. Um, and then I would say, so Preston and Alexi are two of my coaches and I was pulling a lot of stuff from them and they were my, um, they led me through a lot of my inner work. They're pretty big on social media as well. Um, so I don't believe that anyone's self-made. 
um, but rather there's a quote like no one stands tall, but rather they stand on the shoulders of Titans or something like that. I probably butchered that quote anyway. Um, <laughs> no, you, I know what you mean. It wasn't like, it wasn't me that's gotten me to this point. Yes. I've done a lot to get me here, but it's a lot of my coaches. Um, and so for a lot of the inner work, a lot of the emotional stuff, um, and I think just a huge resource for your listeners in the mental health, mental game space, um, would be checking out Preston smiles, um, P R E S T O N S M I L E S. And then Alexi Panos, uh, A L E X I P A N O S. And they're on Insta. They're on YouTube. They're, they're incredible people. I've done all sorts of work with them. I can call them friends now, which is incredible. Uh, they're amazing. Check them out and they'll give you so much value. So that's how dope. I love that you plugged your coaches, man. That is just, that is the definition. You know, they did, they helped you out a lot. If you're, if you're for sure, like I wouldn't be here with, with where I am without them. And I'm forever eternally grateful for them. So you got to give back. I got to pay it forward and also give it back to them for sure. Both ways. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Awesome, Max. Hey, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. I feel like for I sure. have to have you on again eventually if you're down because yeah, this is a great definitely. podcast. You have a ton of knowledge. Um, guys, please go follow him. Please go support him. This dude knows what's up. But to the listeners, thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast, uh, new podcast every week. So I'll see you guys next week. If you guys could, um, if you're on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, if you're listening to this through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anything like that, uh, feel free DM me or comment on one of my photos. Let me know what you guys think of these. But uh, other than that, see you guys next week and have a great day.